0: you get to choose, like, here's, here's the scenario, the, the environment gives us something which can be perceived as negative, can be perceived as not working, can be perceived as problematic, the world's ending, but so we get to choose to see it like that, or we get to see, choose
1: to see it as an opportunity. So clearly that it's my responsibility now to do that for other people. If I have information and, you know, other people's success is my success, and vice versa. Because you know
0: what, like, the challenges or the roadblocks are the journey themselves. There's no big things. It's all
1: little things compounding on top of each other. Simon Sinek says to start with why, Peter Strokorb is following his advice. During 20 plus years in executive sales and marketing roles in multinational corporations like Canon, 3M and CSC, Peter uh, found that traditional selling approaches were increasingly failing to achieve the desired results. It turns out that buyers hate being treated by sellers like they are just another revenue opportunity. What they want instead is to be educated, advised, and guided to help them make informed buying decisions. That's why since 2011, Peter Stroh Corb Advisory has advised business and sales leaders on four continents to adjust to this modern buying demand. His clients have modernized their sales approach and accelerated their revenue results. They now have a modern buyer focused sales funnel and they've switched their focus from what they're selling and how they want to sell to helping their buyers to buy from them. Consequently, his clients have achieved multi-million dollar deals they didn't think they could win, closed six-figure deals faster than ever before, and won dream clients they believe they didn't have a shot at, but landed anyway. Peter has a great assessment you can find on his website at peterstrohkorb.com to see if your current sales approach is customer-focused. And you can buy his book, Smarketing, Sell Smarter, Not Harder at Amazon.com. Please enjoy this week's Truth Seekers conversation with Peter Strokorb. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Truth Seekers, along with Coach Nick and myself. We have Peter Strokorb joining us today. Peter, what is going on?
2: Well, a lot is going on. It's already, I'm talking to you from the future because it's already the morning of the next day compared to East Coast USA. (laughs) Yeah,
1: tell us where you you are.
2: If you want to know uh, tomorrow's uh, lotto numbers i can tell you
1: yeah (laughs) yeah so share a little bit about yourself where are you and and what do you do
2: okay well i'm in sydney um in australia where um we're um, on the other side of the planet and we're actually coming into summer now whereas you're going into winter which is always bizarre for for north americans to to understand um so look i've spent 20 years in the corporate world working for companies like sony canon 3m csc um, sometimes leading marketing teams, sometimes leading sales teams, which has uh, led me to understand that um, when they work in silos, it's not a good idea. And I've actually written a book about how to fix that up called "Smarting Sales Harder," available at every good um, Amazon store. And, uh, and uh, the other thing that's taught me is that uh, customer centricity is super important in, in organizations of any size. And um, for the last 10 years, I've been running my own uh, advisory business that I call Peter Strug of Advisory advising my clients on how they can fo- stop focusing on what they're selling and how they want to sell, so inward looking, to take an outward looking perspective and focusing on their buyers and how, how the buyers want to buy. And that's a bit of a mind shift, but it makes a huge difference in every business because we stop navel gazing and we actually go out into, into the wide world and engage with
1: our uh, ideal customers in a way that they want to be engaged with. Does that make sense? No. Oh, big time. I mean, especially for us as coaches, that's what this is all about. We, it doesn't matter what we see with, with people. We have to get them to see what, what we see in them, whether that's their potential or a gap in what's causing their, their progress to slow up. You know, how can we speed up that process? It's only, it has to be from their eyes.
2: Well, and, and of course, we've got to make ourselves stick out from the crowd. You know, we've got to be that proverbial purple cow in a field of brown cows so that they choose us to do business with. And, and, you know, somehow you've got to differentiate yourself with because ever since the internet arrived and every bit of information in the world is at your fingertips, they stopped relying on salespeople to, to tell them what they can buy. And they started doing their own research and they now decide who they want to talk to, when they want to talk to them and what they want to talk to them about. And the seller's just got to be ready for that, you know. And so if you're still thinking about the end of month quota and you're still thinking about how can I jam as many products down somebody's throat as possible by the end of the month, then that's not the type of person they want to talk to. So, so you know, you, you're actually your own worst enemy if you, if you
1: take that short-term approach. Hmm. If anybody else is on the podcast that's been in the corporate world for 20 years, feel free to go ahead. How about you, coach?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my corporate journey was a bit different, although it was about 20 years, It was mainly big for big banks. And so I'm sure there's a lot of similarities of things that you've seen, Peter, but um, my focus wasn't in the sales and marketing arena. But it certainly is a great overlay. For, and the coach mentioned what we do as, as coaches. know, I think that the, it's all the same stuff. It's also it's, it's people centric where you say customer centric. I think everything is people centric businesses, relationships. And it's about. Uh, asking people what is it they want, what is, what they seen, what do they need, and not assuming that, here's a product, have that, you know, here's the service, push that. Right. Well, you know,
2: well, which is- I was going to say, sometimes the buyers know exactly what they want and they're just looking for somewhere to buy it. And sometimes they don't know what they want and they need a bit of help. But uh, this, is, this is why I say that uh, spamming 10,000 people hoping that two people might be interested in, in the thing that you're selling because they just so happen to be in the market for that. Thing that you're selling is is actually not not a very good idea because, firstly, the chances of you coming across somebody that happens to be in the market for the thing that you're selling right there and then are pretty slim, which is why the 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 click-through rates and and, and the engagement rates are so low and ridiculously low, and not like you know, worse than than bets at the casino and uh, horse racing, right. um, gambling basically. Um, but the other the other thing that nobody thinks about is that if I spam 100,000 people and two are only interested, then there's, there's uh, 99,998 people that I've potentially put off ever talking to us because I bothered them. You know, I actually ambushed them with an unsolicited sales pitch and they might go, I'm not talking to Nick ever again. If he mm-hmm. rings again, hang up, you know? And, and that is ruining the game for every single salesperson in the world out there. And it's not
1: really... It's, it's not long-sighted. It's pretty short-sighted. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, uh, Peter, if you don't mind touching upon, I, I think it's so important that we highlight experiences and that good things come from bad experiences and not that your whole corporate experience was bad, but you've already shared a lot of what you've incorporated into your, your new practice, right? With what you're mm-hmm. building. I would yeah. like to know what was the bad version of that? Like, what, how, Why or how did you identify that there was a need for this with what you're doing today?
2: Uh, it's simple, it's the, it was the response from the customers, you know, whenever we reached out to them proactively with something that we were excited about because we we thought this is really something that, that you can do with Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer, you know, and and we really are excited to introduce you to it. They went, well, pretty much no matter what you're selling, I'm not interested, you know, and it's, it's that phenomenon that, that we, they get bombarded with sales messages and pitches every day. And, and, they're, and they're basically going into a default defensive position and saying, look, no matter what you're selling, I'm not interested. So, so the, the thing that I say is there's only, sorry, the thing that I say is that just because the technology allows you to reach out to 100,000 people doesn't mean that you should do that. Mm. Because, and here's why, because when you reach out to 100,000 people, you've got to make your message so broad that it's one size fits all. And, and it smells like a sales pitch and it, it feels like a sales pitch and, and it looks like a sales pitch and they just go, I'm not interested in any more sales pitches. I get thousands of those a day. So so what's the key? The, the, the key is not to go for quantity and it's actually lazy um, selling, lazy prospecting. Yeah. Because you just set up the machines and the machines go out and do stuff and, and we just wait for somebody to respond. And, and let me say this, that... It's very easy. I've, I've experienced this myself. It's, it's very easy when you have a list of 100,000 faceless contacts. It's very easy to just look at them as a numbers game. And, and if you lose some, you go, man, I've got still you know, 50,000 others. Right? But, um, but they're individuals and, and they might remember you. you know? They might say, that Nick guy, he, he spammed me last week, so I'm not going to talk to him right? um, again. So, so the, the idea is don't just reach out. The key is that you need to reach out. And when you reach out, you need to engage them. Now, um, the this is actually the hardest part in the sales cycle these, these days, because of this defensive reaction. Now, the truth is that every business owner and every sales um, leader, or every department head would love for somebody to bring them up and say, Look, I've got the solution to all your problems. If, if if they really had the solution to all their problems, right? But how do they know? That they, they don't know until they actually engage with you, but they have to decide whether your pitch sounds worthy of their time, worthy of their attention. So, so I teach my clients and have been for the last 10 years that they, do, they need to engage and not just reach out. You know, how, how many messages do you get saying, oh, I need 15 minutes of your time just to tell you about how great we are?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah what the hell <laughs> we've, we've got we've got uh, the youngest most junior people in the organization reaching out to the most senior prospects hoping to secure an appointment mm. yeah? OMG what how does that meant to work I, I asked sales leaders and business owners and say how many of these calls do you take personally and and they go like either they say none or they say maybe one or two if they sound interesting right so I say, Okay, if you don't take these calls, why do you expect your peers to take your people's calls? Mm. And and we're we're kind of got into this. Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping on a bit of a, a soapbox now because I'm getting quite quite passionate about this. But yeah, but we're now living in a world where we where we deliberately do more of something that's not working because we expect uh, to, to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. I mean, have you heard that before somewhere? Yeah there mm-hmm. albert in my ear right <laughs> and, and and so i say there's that you need to engage in a meaningful way with your with your ideal prospects so firstly you need to know who are my ideal prospects what do they look like secondly you need to know where do they hang out how can i reach out to them and then thirdly this is the, <laughs> the most important point how do i engage with them in a meaningful way and I tell my clients that there's only three ways to engage with somebody in a meaningful way at the first point of our bridge. And they are. You make them aware of something, of an opportunity that they didn't realise they had. Conversely, you make them aware of a risk that they're facing that they weren't aware of. Both of those mean, though, that you've got to do your homework, you've got to understand the business, the organisation, the person, and you've, you've, you've got to have spent time finding that opportunity or identifying that risk. So it's pretty tricky and and quite labor-intensive, which which is why most of my clients will go the third route. And that is help them to understand that they have a need for the
1: thing that you're selling. So how do you do that? (laughs) One question leads to another here, right? I I just want to touch upon the ideal client profile because I think that's so key and that can cut through a lot of the noise here of like, just spraying and praying, like I hope someone responds to here's the people that I know I provide value for, like this is the type of person or the group of people that have what I'm looking for. I think I shared with this you, you with this uh, earlier, peter that yeah. at the sign it says the clients I seek are seeking me. There's people out there that want the value proposition that I offer to people, yeah. and then to your point, I just need to find out where they are, where do they hang out, you know what what circles do they do they run in, and then how can I engage them? in a meaningful way and i saw this i think it was like a tweet or an email the other day your your original reach out or people's original reach out is usually me 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 you and it should be you 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 you, you me yeah. yeah just a little nugget at the end with what i can do knowing that i'm in touch with your your pain or you know, your opportunity that, that's right or all your risk right mm. but
2: but um so, so okay i'll just respond to that before then reveal the, the third way <laughs> and, and so I've, I've written 173 articles I think on LinkedIn and, and one of them is called wee-wee um, syndrome and, and it's, uh, it's basically saying don't, do you suffer from wee-wee syndrome mm-hmm. you know, and wee-wee syndrome is when, when uh, you read an email or you go on the website or you, you look at uh, any sort of um, ad or, or promotion they put out and it's all about we do this and we have that and we're so great and you should just buy from us because we're great. You know, you're, you're basically be lucky talking to us. <laughs> right. And, and, and no customer is interested in what you do and what you have and how many clients you have, how many locations you have, how, what, who your logos are that you, you, you have among your customers until they understand what you can do for them. So I, I, I teach my clients not to talk about we do this and we have that. I teach them to talk about what do our clients get from us. And, and I've got plenty of examples, including a, a website that I did just recently for a client where we didn't change the website layout or the, the website appearance or the logo or anything. We just changed the wording. And we made it more about the customer and we, we, we got a CTA in there and we've got, um, we actually implemented the third way. So this is a good segue to talk about the third way. So either you make them aware of an opportunity they didn't know existed, or you warn them of a risk they weren't aware of. In in, in either case, they'll go, oh, I want to know more. So the the key to reaching out in a meaningful way is to create what I call the lean forward moment. And, And the lean forward moment is when you say something and they lean forward, like actively physically lean forward and say, coach Nick, tell me more about that. Right. And, and, and I always say that at this point, this is the very point when they have given you their permission to sell to them because they've actually actively asked the question. So you must hold off talking about yourself until they actually ask. And you must hold off and to, to preach to them and to um, pitch to them until they've, they've actually given you their permission. Yep. So how do you get that permission? How do you get that lean forward moment? The, the third way is to help them to understand that that uh, they have a need for the thing that you're selling and the only way that you can do that is not by saying to them coach josh you're doing everything wrong let me tell you how to do it right because people coach, love that because coach josh will immediately go what do you know about my business you know bugger off <laughs> and you've, you've ruined your chance the, 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 uh, the best way to do that, psychologically speaking, is to help them discover that they have a need. And the, the way that you help them to discover that they have a need is by providing value upfront, providing them with some information that they didn't know they had, uh, that, that, that they didn't know of, or um, making them aware of, of an opportunity that they didn't know, aware of, but they must discover it themselves. So there, uh, there's a couple of ways you can do that, and you can use that both in your outbound. Work and in your inbound marketing activities. And that is by either having a white paper, an article, a discussion piece that uh, that says, here are the three, five or seven things that you should avoid when seeking a provider like us. Or, Or a really good provider has these three, five, seven things in place, right? And you just help the customer to decide that if they want to do business with somebody like you, what should they look out for? What should they ask for? So you're helping them to make an informed buying decision which is the whole thing that i talk to my clients about or you do what i do and you, you give them a quiz a checklist a an um, assessment where they can go do you ask questions online and they can go yes no don't know and then you tell it all up at the end and and you give them a result and they go oh there's a couple of things in there that got me thinking i want to talk to Coach Josh, and I want to know more about it because he's now proved to me that he knows something that I don't know and I'm interested in that thing. So he must be a subject matter expert. And so I want to talk to him about that some more. So we're helping them to get interested and we're helping them to buy from us, which is what the whole buyer-focused sales funnel is about. That we, we want to go get away from this traditional sales funnel that was invented in 1898 and is now 121 years old. Um, And it was invented at a time when there was no internet and all the information, all the power lay with the seller, not with the buyer. And the buyer had to reach out to the seller to get that information and say, help me make a decision here. And, And as we talked right at the beginning, that paradigm is completely gone. The buyers now decide who they want to talk to. They do their homework. They're really well informed before they reach out to a seller. And they don't actually want to talk to a salesperson. They want to talk to a subject matter expert. Yeah. So if you can present yourself as a subject matter expert in some field that they're interested in and you you show them that you know something that they don't know, then you will create that lean forward moment and to get that permission to sell to them. Does that make sense?
1: What we're looking for, right, coach?
0: Yeah, absolutely. People people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And uh, that's what jumped out at me as you were sharing that, Peter, right? It's like value, 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 value. And then some more value, right? And as you, I love what you, the distinction you made of the permission moment. As soon as you get a question back, that's, that's the cue. That, that's a big thing for people to make that distinction between, okay, well, I get it. I have value. I value. When do I, when do I make my play, right? When do I make, it's like, well, you keep going until there's a, there's an opposite, like there's a, there's a pullback the other way. So thank you for that distinction. That's cool. Well,
2: that's fine. And, and, um, let me just add one more thing. So you need to have, when you, it's okay when it's um, it, um, when it's inbound. So you put something out there and somebody responds to it and they want to know right. more. That, right, that's right. easy to respond to, right? Uh, and 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 a lot of my clients are really keen on inbound because they don't have to do any work. But that that sometimes tempts them to do the lazy thing and reach out to hundred thousand faceless name name lists, right? But it, but it gets trickier when you're actually trying to hunt. When you when you go outbound and you're trying to intrigue them, and, and I always say that. You must capture somebody's uh, in um, somebody's um, attention and imagination in the first 30 seconds of the outreach you know busy executives don't have time to to scrutinize a long email or look at a a, look at a long article if they don't know what's in it for them so you need to have a unique value proposition unique selling proposition and you need to have what i call a, a, a killer business introduction a kbi and and that and that is just designed to not sell to them, it's just designed to reach out to them and, and intrigue them and just get get the little bait out there and go, you yeah, know, take this, take a little little nibble at this uh, at this bait, and and so I always say, don't talk about what you're selling, don't talk about uh, you know, we we we, just say one thing that will intrigue them and say, tell me more. And I, and I, I find for my clients, I, I find exactly what that line is. And it's sometimes surprising that the um, the introduction line has actually no information in it about what we're selling. It's just creating a, a, a want in the buyer to know more because they go, "That sounds different. That sounds interesting. I'll 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 I'll, I'll give this guy a bit more time, you know, and, and I won't just hang up in his ear." <laughs> so 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 um the, I, I, worked, I'll give you an example. I've worked with a global travel company. Um, actually I'm still working with them at the moment. So, and, and they had a, a tagline that was like really long. Like it, it was actually a whole paragraph and, and nobody would read it through all that. Only the people that uh, represent the company are fascinated with that paragraph, the customer right. that, that looks too long. I'm not reading that. Yeah. So, so we, um, we gave them a three-word t- tagline. Um, it was um, expertise. Coming to me now. <laughs> expertise, um, um, experience, results. But that, that, right. that probably wasn't it. But you get the idea. That yep. immediately the customer can identify and go, okay, these guys know what they're doing. They have the experience to make it happen, and I'm going to get results from them. Yeah. It still didn't say what they were selling, but but just by by saying that I'm going to get a result that that, that interests me. We then followed up with a, a, um, with an analogy and and you might find this weird. so so pardon me if this sounds weird, but it, it really works because it intrigues. And, and we said that um, to say not we do this and we have that, but we said our customers. our customers tell us sometimes that we are like an orchestra conductor. We, we started at at, point, at the beginning, we take them on a journey to the end and we leave them with a fantastic experience afterwards. So again, you're playing with the psychology of the buyer and they're going, well, I want to have a fantastic experience, especially if I'm looking for a travel partner, a travel services provider. And, and, and they sound different to everybody else. So I'm gonna to talk to these guys. And, and then the next step, once we've got them intrigued, to really reel them in, is to tell them a customer success story. But but, uh, most testimonials start with, look, we we work with company ABC and they did a great job and we recommend them." But but that doesn't really tell your prospective other buyer of the experience that they're getting. So most testimonials are actually not, not well constructed. So, right. so what I, what I um, teach my clients is to say, just tell a story and, and tell it in, in, in three acts. Act one is, this is what our customer looked like when we first met them. These were the problems that they had. These were the concerns. This, these were the, the experiences that they had. And these were the consequences of those experiences as well. Act two, this is what we did for them. So we rolled out our solution and you know, took three weeks or, or we sent them on a, we did all their travel bookings, they went from A to B and blah, 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 blah. And Act Three, this is what changed for them compared to when we first met them. It's a very simple formula. Everybody can do it. And and the the, the genius about it is that it won't feel like a sales pitch to either the seller or the buyer. So it actually makes it easier for the seller to engage and it makes it more pleasant for the buyer to buy uh, rather than being ambushed with a sales pitch.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's keeping it away from the loaded conversation of you or me. It, it's, it's something else, right? So w- often we talk about this in coaching is that you got to, first things first, you've got to meet people where they are. You've got to know where people are. You've got to understand where they are. And then once you know where they are, then you can come alongside them. You know, I like to physical physically make the gesture of being alongside someone because then when you're doing that, you're like, okay, I'm your trusted advisor in this conversation. Let's see. Here's some examples of what it could like, could look like. If that is a fit for you, then let's have a conversation. If it's not, then that's fine as well, because I've I've done my due diligence. And you know, coach and I will often talk about who the people that we want to work with, right? And a part of that process is is just having that conversation because you could say. I want, to, I want this type of product or this type of service. That's the service or product I want. Mm. Uh, you might be a provider of that same product or service. Doesn't mean it's still a right fit right? because you've got, it's got to be that relationship part of it as well. You see that, coach?
1: Absolutely, especially with coaching, right? If, if you yeah. want to invest in coaching, you know that coaching works, but you're going to pick the coach that is right for you and how do right. you do that? It's, it's that it makes it real when it's not this, like you don't feel like you're being pulled into something. I'll right. well, write that down as, as my takeaway. We can start to grab some takeaways here. Mine was like, just the feeling of push-pull yeah, uh, yeah. is how I might describe it, right? So if I feel like I'm being pulled into something or pushed into something, is maybe how I'd put it. But if I feel drawn into it, like, oh, my gosh, I got to know more about this. Like, tell me more. That's, yeah. I, I think that's what you're saying, Peter.
2: Well, well look, what I'm saying is that traditionally, and, and, and I'm generalizing now, so pardon me for that. Generally speaking, we, we, we expect sales to be a, an adversarial relationship. I'm trying to you something and you're trying to resist me and then I handle your objections and talk you into it anyway. You know? But people these days, they, they know when they're being manipulated, they don't like closing techniques and they don't like to be pushed into, into a transaction. But whereas if I can, as, as Coach Nick said, if I can position myself on, on, the, on the same side of the table as the buyer right. and help them to make an informed buying decision, albeit an informed buying decision to buy from me, then, then that's much more pleasant for both me and for the and for the buyer as well. And it will probably mean that they will come back to us for more business. So we'll get their repeat business. And if we're doing, if we're playing our cards right and we're doing, giving them a great pre-during and post-purchase experience, then they will also become an advocate for our business and reach out and refer new business to us. So it's really worth taking your time and, and doing the right thing by the buyer rather than looking at them as a as an opportunity to, to reach a quota by the end
1: of the month it, this is heresy it. by the
2: way to a lot of sales sales leaders
1: <laughs> yeah uh so i wrote down people don't like to to be sold they like to buy and yeah, when they're in the marketplace it's the feeling it's just the feeling it's the same thing right same result but it's the feeling they get one versus yeah. the other coach uh give us a takeaway something you've taken away from today's conversation
0: yeah a lot, a lot of cool stuff a lot of reminders and maybe for another time peter because i i guess I'm in this world immersively and it's interesting to hear you share all your story and be very convicted and passionate about what clearly that, you know, your stuff. And it's great to hear that. And I, I just, I've been thinking all the way through is, wow, like is there really that many people still in this place? But like when you're in it, you don't see it, right? Like when you're in it and you're, you're working in this manner, you're like, of course I've got to build a relationship with people. Of course I've got to have something that's not transactional. Of course that I've got to come alongside people, but when you know it, you know it. when you don't, you don't. And, right, and so I'm sure there is a lot more, and maybe, maybe for another conversation, but really my takeaway way is, is those reminders have been really powerful for me today is that, okay, look, have them tell you, right? It's like, what we were we saying? Me and coach, that's like, well, have them coach you. What, yeah. Is it a fit? Let's figure out, let's have a conversation. Like, I don't know. And one of the things that's so powerful is like, okay, what well, is your product and service? Uh, tell me about your product and service. Is, is it a good fit for me? It's like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> until, until we have a conversation i'll find out like how am i supposed to know yeah. right and that is so disengaging genuine yeah. right and like you want you, as you said you you want to be talking about your product and service but that's because you've got well, you should do at least conviction of your product and service mm-hmm. that it is the right thing in the right time or at least the right service overall or the right product overall so i thank you very much I, I appreciate it and uh thanks for the early start as well i hope this is supercharged some energy into your
1: day hooray <laughs> <laughs> Peter, bring us Any home. One, one last one, last plug or piece of advice. If you want to hold up your book again, we'd love to, to see the title. And uh,
2: okay, listen. so I'll, I'll do two little plugs. One is the book's marketing: sell smarter, not harder. Available at all good Amazon stores. And the other one is: please do yourself a favor and go to PeterStrokeUp.com and do the sales funnel assessment test. You can actually check for yourself how buyer focused your sales funnel is currently. It's a free service. It takes about 10 minutes, but it gives you a ton of insight. So I really advise you to go
1: to peterstrogop.com and do the test.
0: And there's the all value. Right. Awesome, thank you.
1: Absolutely, I can add a testimony. I've taken it and uh, very helpful. Fantastic, awesome. thank you very much, Peter, thank you for joining Truth Seekers. We'll see you next week. Okay, all the best.
0: Thank you for watching another episode of Truth Seekers. We appreciate your interaction. So please comment, like, subscribe to YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more, check out some of our links, links to our masterclass, The Achiever's Mindset, and come join our LinkedIn group. And what do you want to see more of? Remember, we're here to share the simple secrets of successful. So help us do that. What do you want to see? What do you want to see more of? Thanks. See you again next time.